The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. Hey, it's Monday, Monday. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Monday, October 17th, 2022, Monday of the 29th week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's liturgical year C, cycle two. Monday is a day to pray the joyful mysteries of the rosary. And today is the memorial of St. Ignatius of Antioch, bishop and martyr. He was born in the first century in Syria, and he converted to Christianity and eventually became the bishop of Antioch. Now, in the year 107, under a persecution, Ignatius would not deny Christ, and thus was condemned to be put to death in Rome. Ignatius is well known for the seven letters he wrote on the long journey from Antioch to Rome. Five of these letters were to churches in Asia Minor. They urged the Christians there to remain faithful to God and to obey their superiors. The sixth letter was to Polycarp, Bishop of Smyrna, He was martyred later for the faith. The final letter begs the Christians in Rome not to try to stop his martyrdom. The only thing I ask of you, he writes, is to allow me to offer the libation of my blood to God. I am the wheat of the Lord. May I be ground by the teeth of the beasts to become the immaculate bread of Christ. Ignatius met the lions in the Circus Maximus in about 107 A.D. St. Ignatius of Antioch, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month, for the Church ever faithful to and courageous in preaching the Gospel. May the Church be a community of solidarity, fraternity, and welcome, always living in an atmosphere of synodality. Amen. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. There can be a big temptation whenever we're reading the Bible, looking at the readings for the Mass of the day, to just look at the chapter heading and think to ourselves, okay, I, I know what this one is about. It's a little unfortunate that the Bible, most Bibles, have these little section headings that tell us 
what the section is. It's easy, it makes it helpful to be able to find if we're looking for a particular passage, but it can also provide a temptation that we just reduce that passage to what is in the chapter heading. And Jesus, when we come to talk to you about Holy Scripture, we don't want to skip over parts. All, all of Scripture is important. All of the New Testament uh, and the Old Testament, all of the Bible is important. It's, it's your revelation. And particularly when we read the Gospels, we don't want to just skip over parts. We should really consider every detail. There's a television network for those that like American football called NFL Red Zone, which will automatically switch to the football games that are oftentimes played simultaneously. It'll switch from game to game. So you're only really watching when someone is about to score. You're watching when they're in the red zone, which is when they're close to scoring. And the station automatically flips from game to game for people to be able to watch that. And what it means is that they don't have to watch the boring part where the teams are just slowly trying to move the ball up the field. They just watch the payoff. And that can happen sometimes when we read the Bible, that we just, we just want to get to the good parts. We just want to get to the point. It could be a big temptation for priests. I know when I was first ordained, it was a very difficult to read the readings for daily mass without just immediately thinking, okay, what's my homily going to be about? And then after that, not really paying attention because I have a homily idea already. That can particularly happen with the reading that we have for today's mass because it seems the chapter heading, the title heading, is that this is all about the parable of the rich fool. And it's the parable that Jesus tells in the second part of our reading today, but it begins with something that we could be so likely to skip over. We hear, someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he, Jesus, said to him, man, who made me a judge and arbitrator over you? Now that little exchange there could seem like a prelude, but it's something, Jesus, that maybe in these 10 minutes we can have a conversation with you about just that interchange that this person runs up to you and shouts out in the crowd this demand almost, teacher, tell my brother to share the inheritance. That whatever family drama is happening, that this, this person thinks that they have to come to Jesus and that Jesus is going to demand some kind of political justice here, some kind of worldly justice. And Jesus responds, Man, man, who set me as your arbitrator and judge? Who, who made me your worldly judge? What's interesting here is one translation, that's, which is going to be read in the United States, says, friend, friend who appointed me your judge and arbitrator, whereas the actual word in Greek is man, anthropos. Man, who made me your judge and arbitrator? Who appointed me your judge and arbitrator? When we just look for the church to solve worldly problems, we, in a way, set the bar too low. Now, Jesus, Jesus, you are the king of all of creation. You are the judge. You will be the judge of all of the living and the dead. And we confess that every time we pray the creed. 
But Jesus, if we just want you to fix worldly problems, then we are setting the bar way too low. When you, in your first coming in the incarnation, you didn't come to be a worldly judge or a worldly king, as you would tell Pilate. Your kingdom is not of this world, Jesus. And so, too, when we look for the church just to be a worldly institution, that I want the church to just do good worldly things. Now, there's a level where the church does do works of mercy, and Jesus went about doing good. But it's not just that. It's more importantly about the supernatural vision. Jesus, you came to offer us not just the ability to solve family disputes over an inheritance. You came to offer us eternal life. And so if we are just looking for the church to solve all of our earthly needs, then we have undercut your mission, that we, we are not expecting enough from you. Rather, you've come to offer us eternal life, Jesus. And this happens as well when we expect the hierarchy of the church, the pope and bishops and priests and deacons, to become worldly leaders and get involved in worldly disputes. The authority which those who preach the gospel as part of the hierarchy have is a moral authority. Jesus, you don't want the parish priest to be the mayor of a town. And sometimes parish priests can get very excited that people treat them like they're the mayor and they can always, you know, cut to the front of the line in the grocery store and get a get a good time to go for a haircut or a dentist appointment. But Jesus, you don't want your church to have that kind of worldly power. We don't want our parish priests to act like mayors. We don't want our bishops to act like governors. We don't want the pope to be a king, although he does have temporal authority over Vatican City State. Ultimately, we want moral authority. And that as the political power of the church has been weakened in the modern age, we've found this greater freedom to be able to preach moral truths. It's too short for the hierarchy of the church to be overly powerful in these worldly civil matters. And a great fruit of the Second Vatican Council is we see the role of the lay faithful, men and women consecrated to you, Jesus, by their baptism in your image and likeness, full of your grace that can bring you to the worldly sphere, that can bring you into the world as a leaven. They don't have to make themselves present there. The church doesn't go out to society by the very fact that there are baptized men and women in society. The church is already there. Jesus, you're already there. And that those who are in positions of worldly authority have freedom to be able to act as they've been formed, and that the hierarchy of the church doesn't need to get involved, shouldn't be meddling. If you have a, a Catholic governor, then the bishop shouldn't be demanding certain policies. On a moral level, we want to encourage and preach and form good, faithful citizens, but the hierarchy, the spiritual arm of the church, should have no rights with regard to dictating particulars of civil policy. And all of this happens in that one conversation with that person who comes up to you, Jesus, that so often we can skip over. Man, who made me? 
your judge and arbitrator. Jesus, you call us to a supernatural vision. And we can see the role that your lay faithful are supposed to have in the world and the proper role that the clergy should have in the world as well. When we lose sight of this, we should go back to our mother and ask her, Mary, to teach us, show us how to act in these right roles. And as well as a good mother doesn't skip over any details, Mary, show us how when we're reading scripture to pay attention to every little detail, because it's in that that we find the full richness of the revelation your son came to give us. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. You'll find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. It's 16 minutes past the hour on Daybreak. We're celebrating Bishop and Martyr St. Ignatius of Antioch on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Paul Sadek. We begin this liturgical day with the whole church as we're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips. And And my my mouth will proclaim your praise. Come, let us worship Christ, the King of Martyrs. Come, let us worship Christ, the King of Martyrs. Come, let us sing to the Lord, and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving, and sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us worship Christ, the King of martyrs. The Lord is God, the mighty God. The great king over all the gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the highest mountains as well. He made the sea, it belongs to him. The dry land too, for it was formed by his hands. Come, let us worship Christ, the King of Martyrs. Come then, let us bow down and worship, bending the knee before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are his people, the flock he shepherds. Come, let us worship Christ, the King of Martyrs. Today, listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not grow stubborn, as your fathers did in the wilderness. When at Meribah and Massah, they challenged me and provoked me. Although they had seen all of my works. Come, let us worship Christ, the King of Martyrs. Forty years I endured that generation. 
I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger, they shall not enter into my rest. Come, let us worship Christ, the King of martyrs. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us worship Christ, the King of martyrs. Show me your mercy, Lord, and keep me safe. Show Show me your mercy, Lord, and keep me safe. Lord, do not reprove me in your anger. Punish me not in your rage. Have mercy on me, Lord. I have no strength. Lord, heal me. My body is racked. My soul is racked with pain. But you, O Lord, how long? Return, Lord, rescue my soul. Save me in your merciful love. For in death no one remembers you. From the grave, who can give you praise? I am exhausted with my groaning. Every night I drench my pillow with tears. I bedew my bed with weeping. My eye wastes away with grief. I have grown old, surrounded by my foes. Leave me, all of you who do evil. For the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord will accept my prayer. All my foes will retire in confusion, foiled, and suddenly confounded. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord God, you love mercy and tenderness. You give life and overcome death. Look upon the many wounds of your church. Restore it to health by your risen Son, so that it may sing a new song in your praise. Show Show me me your your mercy, mercy, Lord, and keep me safe. The poor are not alone in their distress. God is here to help them. The The poor poor are not alone in their distress. God is here to help them. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will recount all your wonders. I will rejoice in you and be glad, and sing psalms to your name, O Most High. See how my enemies turn back, how they stumble and perish before you. You upheld the justice of my cause. You sat enthroned, judging with justice. You have checked the nations, destroyed the wicked, and have wiped out their name forever and ever. The foe is destroyed, eternally ruined. You uprooted their cities. Their memory has perished. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has set up his throne for judgment. He will judge the world with justice. He will judge the peoples with his truth. For the oppressed, let the Lord be a stronghold. 
a stronghold in times of distress. Those who know your name will trust you. You will never forsake those who seek you. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. The The poor are not alone in their distress. God is here to help them. I will be the herald of your praises, Lord, where the people of Zion gather. I will be the herald of your praises, Lord, where the people of Zion gather. Sing psalms to the Lord who dwells in Zion. Proclaim his mighty works among the peoples, for the avenger of blood has remembered them, has not forgotten the cry of the poor. Have pity on me, Lord, see my sufferings, you who save me from the gates of death that I may recount all your praise at the gates of the city of Zion, and rejoice in your saving help. The nations have fallen in the pit which they made, their feet caught in the snare they laid. The Lord has revealed himself and given judgment. The wicked are snared in the work of their own hands. Let the wicked go down among the dead, all the nations forgetful of God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten, nor the hopes of the poor be in vain. Arise, Lord, let men not prevail, let the nations be judged before you. Lord, strike them with terror, let the nations know they are but men. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Lord, God, when you judge, do not be deaf to the shouts of the poor. Bring havoc to the madness of oppressors. Look at our wounds and save us from the gates of death, so that we may always rejoice in your help and speak your praise in the gates of Zion. I will be the herald of your praises, Lord, where the people of Zion gather. I have known tribulations and distress. But But in in your commands, I I have found consolation. A reading from the book of Esther. King Ahasuerus raised Haman, son of Hamadatha the Agagite, to high rank, seating him above all his fellow officials. All the king's servants who were at the royal gate would kneel and bow down to Haman, for that is what the king had ordered in his regard. Mordecai, however, would not kneel down and bow down. The king's servants who were at the royal gate said to Mordecai, Why do you disobey the king's order? When they had reminded him day after day, and he would not listen to him, they informed Haman to see whether Mordecai's explanation was acceptable, since he had told them that he was a Jew. When Haman observed that Mordecai would not kneel and bow down to him, he was filled with anger. Moreover, he thought it was not enough to lay hands on Mordecai alone. Since they had told Haman of Mordecai's nationality, he sought to destroy all the Jews, Mordecai's people, throughout the realm of King Ahasuerus. In the first month, 
Nisan in the twelfth year of King Ahasuerus, the poor, or lot, was cast in Haman's presence to determine the day and the month for the destruction of Mordecai's people on a single day. And the lot fell on the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, Adar. Then Haman said to King Ahasuerus, Dispersed among the nations throughout the provinces of your kingdom, there is a certain people living apart, with laws differing from those of every other people. They do not obey the laws of the king, and so it is not proper for the king to tolerate them. If it please the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them, and I will deliver to the procurators ten thousand silver talents for deposit in the royal treasury. The king took the signet ring from his hand and gave it to Haman, son of Hamadatha the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. The silver you may keep, the king said to Haman, but as for this people, do with them whatever you please. So the royal scribes were summoned, and on the thirteenth day of the first month they wrote, at the dictation of Haman, an order to the royal satraps, the governors of every province, and the officials of every people, to each province in its own script and to each people in its own language. It was written in the name of King Ahasuerus and sealed with the royal signet ring. Letters were sent by couriers to all the royal provinces that all the Jews, young and old, including women and children, should be killed, destroyed, wiped out in one day, the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, Adar, and that their goods should be seized as spoil. A copy of the decree to be promulgated as law in every province was published to all the peoples that they might be prepared for that day. The couriers set out in haste at the king's command, and meanwhile, the decree was promulgated in the stronghold of Susa. The king and Haman sat down to feast, but the city of Susa was thrown into confusion. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. O Lord, ruler of all creation, the whole universe is subject to your authority and no one can oppose your will. Free us for the sake of your love. Hear our prayer and turn our sadness into joy. Free us for the sake of your love. From a letter to the Romans by St. Ignatius, Bishop and Martyr. I am writing to all the churches to let it be known that I will gladly die for God if only you do not stand in my way. I plead with you, show me no untimely kindness. Let me be food for the wild beasts, for they are my way to God. 
I am God's wheat and shall be ground by their teeth, so that I may become Christ's pure bread. Pray to Christ for me that the animals will be the means of making me a sacrificial victim for God. No earthly pleasures, no kingdoms of this world can benefit me in any way. I prefer death in Christ Jesus to power over the farthest limits of the earth. He who died in place of us is the one object of my quest. He who rose for our sakes is my one desire. The time for my birth is close at hand. Forgive me, my brothers. Do not stand in the way of my birth to real life. Do not wish me stillborn. My desire is to belong to God. Do not, then, hand me back to the world. Do not try to tempt me with material things. Let me attain pure light. Only on my arrival there can I be fully a human being. Give me the privilege of imitating the passion of my God. If you have him in your heart, you will understand what I wish. You will sympathize with me because you will know what urges me on. The prince of this world is determined to lay hold of me and to undermine my will which is intent on God. Let none of you here help him. Instead, show yourselves on my side, which is also God's side. Do not talk about Jesus Christ as long as you love this world. Do not harbor envious thoughts. And supposing I should see you, if then I should beg you to intervene on my behalf, do not believe what I say. Believe instead what I am now writing to you. For though I am alive as I write to you, still my real desire is to die. My love of this life has been crucified, and there is no yearning in me for any earthly thing. Rather, within me is the living water which says deep inside me, Come to the Father. I no longer take pleasure in perishable food or in the delights of this world. I want only God's bread, which is the flesh of Jesus Christ, formed of the seed of David. And for drink I crave his blood, which is love that cannot perish. I am no longer willing to live a merely human life, and you can bring about my wish if you will. Please then, do me this favor, so that you in turn may meet with equal kindness. Put briefly, this is my request. Believe what I am saying to you. Jesus Christ himself will make it clear to you that I am saying the truth. Only truth can come from that mouth by which the Father has truly spoken. Pray for me that I may obtain my desire. I have not written to you as a mere man would, but as one who knows the mind of God. If I am condemned to suffer, I will take it that you wish me well. If my case is postponed, I can only think that you wish me harm. Nothing will be hidden from you if you have perfect faith and love for Jesus Christ, since these are the beginning and end of life. Faith indeed is the beginning, and love is the end. Clothe yourselves with gentleness and be renewed in faith, which is the flesh of the Lord, and in love which is the blood of Jesus Christ. Faith indeed is the beginning, and love is the end. Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who adorn the sacred body of your Church with the confessions of holy martyrs, 
Grant, we pray, that just as the glorious passion of St. Ignatius of Antioch, which we celebrate today, brought him eternal splendor, so it may be for us unending protection. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. 22 minutes before the hour on Monday, October 17, 2022. Today's gospel is coming right up on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app on the Memorial of St. Ignatius of Antioch. I'm Paul Sadek, and I keep noticing that a lot of the little sayings that we use come straight from Scripture. And here's another one today. Today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, is from the 12th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, Eat, Drink, and Be Merry. One of the multitudes said to him, Teacher, bid my brother divide the inheritance with me. Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? Take heed and beware of all covetousness. For a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. The land of a rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul! You have ample goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. We live in an age of he who gets the most toys wins. Well, this view is quite incompatible with Christianity. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 5, Ordinary Time. Holy Scripture repeatedly warns us to focus our hearts on God. St. Peter wrote to the first Christians, Therefore gird up your minds, be sober, set your hope fully upon the grace that is coming to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. St. Paul advised Timothy, As for the rich in this world, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches, but on God, who richly furnishes us with everything to enjoy. St. Paul points out that the love of money is the root of all evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced their hearts with many pangs. The Church continues to remind us of this truth in our own times. Therefore, all the faithful are invited and obliged to holiness and the perfection of their own state of life. 
Accordingly, let all of them see that they direct their affections rightly, lest they be hindered in their pursuit of perfect love by the use of worldly things and by an adherence to riches, which is contrary to the spirit of evangelical poverty following the apostles' advice. Let those who use this world not fix their abode in it, for the form of this world is passing away. Our disordered attachment to the use of material goods may spring from our intention. This is when we desire things for their own sake, as if they were an ultimate end. Our attachment may also be related to the manner in which we go about acquiring goods. This fault may be evidenced by an attitude of anxiety in our pursuit of wealth, in a disregard for our health, in lack of attention to the education and formation of our children, in our preoccupied absence from family life. Another expression of this problem lies in the way we use things, whether we use them simply for our personal benefit, whether we give alms or not. The disordered love for material goods presents a grave obstacle to following the Lord. Seen in a positive light, the exercise of detachment and right intention serves to prepare the soul for receiving spiritual goods. If you want to be your own masters at all times, I advise you to make a very real effort to be detached from everything and to do so without fear or hesitation. Then when you go about your various duties, whether personal, family, or otherwise, make honest use of upright human means with a view to serving God, His church, your family, your profession, your country, and the whole of mankind. Remember that what really matters is not whether you have this or lack that, but whether you are living according to the truth taught us by our Christian faith, which tells us that created goods are only a means, nothing more. So do not be beguiled into imagining that they are in any way definitive. If we live with Christ close by our side, we will need few possessions in order to be happy as children of God. If we are not close to Christ, we will find that no accumulation of possessions will ever satisfy us. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Thirteen minutes before the hour, and we pray with the entire church now as we're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, Come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. God's holy martyrhood is stained, and overcame all pains and Following of Christ has led you to the Father's home. All honor to our Father God, who with the Spirit and the deathless crown 
up my heart to you, O Lord, and you will hear my morning prayer. I lift up my heart to you, O Lord, and you will hear my morning prayer. To my words, give ear, O Lord. Give heed to my groaning. Attend to the sound of my cries, my King and my God. It is you whom I invoke, O Lord. In the morning you hear me, In the morning I offer you my prayer, watching and waiting. You are no God who loves evil. No sinner is your guest. The boastful shall not stand their ground before your face. You hate all who do evil. You destroy all who lie. The deceitful and bloodthirsty man the Lord detests. But I, through the greatness of your love, have access to your house. I bow down before your holy temple, filled with awe. Lead me, Lord, in your justice. Because of those who lie in wake, make clear your way before me. No truth can be found in their mouths. Their heart is all mischief, their throat a wide open grave, all honey their speech. All those you protect shall be glad and ring out their joy. You shelter them. In you they rejoice, those who love your name. It is you who bless the just man, Lord. You surround him with favor, as with a shield. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be be forever. forever. Amen. Lord, All justice and all goodness comes from you. You hate evil and abhor lies. Lead us, your servants, in the path of your justice, so that all who hope in you may rejoice with the Church and in Christ. I lift up my heart to you, O Lord, and you will hear my morning prayer. We praise your glorious name, O Lord our God. We We praise your glorious name, O Lord, our God. Blessed may you be, O Lord, God of Israel, our Father, from eternity to eternity. Yours, O Lord, are grandeur and power, majesty, splendor, and glory. For all in heaven and on earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the sovereignty. You are exalted as head over all. Riches and honor are from you, and you have dominion over all. In your hands are power and might. It is yours to give grandeur and strength to all. Therefore, our God, we give you thanks, and we praise the majesty of your name. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, and and will will be be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. We praise your glorious name, O Lord, our God. Adore the Lord in his holy court. Adore Adore the Lord in his holy court. O give the Lord, you sons of God, give the Lord glory and power. 
Give the Lord the glory of his name. Adore the Lord in his holy court. The Lord's voice resounding on the waters. The Lord on the immensity of waters. The voice of the Lord full of power. The voice of the Lord full of splendor. The Lord's voice shattering the cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The Lord's voice flashes flames of fire. The Lord's voice shaking the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The Lord's voice rending the oak tree and stripping the forest bare. The God of glory thunders. In his temple they all cry, Glory! The Lord sat enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it, as was, it was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, now and, and will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. You live forever, Lord and King. All things of the earth justly sing your glory and honor. Strengthen your people against evil, that we may rejoice in your peace and trust in your eternal promise. Adore, Adore the Lord in his holy court. A reading from Second Corinthians. Praised be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all consolation. He comforts us in all our afflictions, and thus enables us to comfort those who are in trouble with the same consolation we have received from Him. As we have shared much in the suffering of Christ, so through Christ do we share abundantly in His consolation. The Word of the Lord. The Lord is my strength, and I shall sing his praise. The Lord is my strength, and I shall sing his praise. The Lord is my Savior, and I shall sing his praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. The Lord is my strength, and I shall sing his praise. I seek him who died for us. I long for him who rose for our sake. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, 
the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. I seek him who died for us. I long for him who rose for our sake. Our Savior's faithfulness is mirrored in the fidelity of his witnesses who shed their blood for the word of God. Let us praise him in remembrance of them. Your martyrs freely embrace death in bearing witness to the faith. Give us the true freedom of the Spirit, O Lord. You You redeemed redeemed us by by your your blood. Your martyrs professed their faith by shedding their blood. Give us a faith, O Lord, that is constant and pure. You redeemed us by your blood. Your martyrs followed in your footsteps by carrying the cross. Help us to endure courageously the misfortunes of life. You You redeemed redeemed us by by your blood. Your martyrs washed their garments in the blood of the Lamb. Help us to avoid the weaknesses of the flesh and worldly allurements. You You redeemed redeemed us by by your blood. Now let us offer the prayer Christ has given us as the model for all prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Almighty, ever-living God, who adorn the sacred body of your Church with the confessions of holy martyrs, grant, we pray, that just as the glorious passion of St. Ignatius of Antioch, which we celebrate today, brought him eternal splendor, so it may be for us an ending protection. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Monday has begun. Now go out and do it. Morning Air is coming up next. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central, or on the relevant radio app. Go out, make it a great day, and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.